Hello, everybody, and welcome to the For the Win podcast. It is Tuesday. The NCAA tournament is still going on, and I am super excited. I am Charles Curtis, your Tuesday host. I'm super excited to have our guest on today because uh, she lives out in Chicago. She covers a whole lot of stuff for USA Today Sports and For the Win. It is Maggie Hendricks. Maggie, what's going on? I'm excited to be here, man. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. Um, the reason I wanted to have you on is, uh, well, I mean, hey, it's, it's, it's baseball season and, and the Cubs are playing. But no, the big story in Chicago is Loyola. And Loyola is about to go into the Final Four for the second time since 1963. And I just, uh, you've been covering them a lot. Uh, you, you live there. I kind of wanted to see what does it mean to Chicago and, you know, everybody there that Loyola has gotten this far? Uh, so take us inside that. Okay. Um, I mean, and I went to grad school at Loyola too, and I, uh, it, it's just, Loyola is a place that I personally am intrinsically connected to. I live in the same neighborhood. Loyola Hospital is like where my family goes. It, like, yeah. So like I have a, personally, it's a big deal to me. Um, I went over to Loyola's campus yesterday and bought a, made sure I bought a Final Four t-shirt. Um, but it's, it's a really exciting thing for Chicago because, honestly, college basketball isn't something that we all get up for because it's a pro sports town. It just is. just Because there's so many people that come here from so many different places. And, um, like, there's like if you graduate from a Big Ten school, there's, like, a one in two chance you're moving to Chicago afterwards. So right. like, there's all these, different, all these different bars and stuff that people can go to for their own school. But the thing is, is like since Loyola's in the Missouri Valley Conference, since they're a fairly small school, their undergraduate enrollment is right around eleven thousand. Um, since they're Catholic, and in Chicago is a very Catholic city, it's being Catholic is big here. Um, it kind of has become everybody. Everybody's been excited about Loyola. Everybody mm. is getting behind them because you don't like. I don't feel like I'm betraying Missouri by cheering on Loyola. You know. And yeah, I, I think there's a lot of people who feel that way. Well, it's funny that you describe Chicago that way. That is exactly how I would describe New York City, right? Um, a few years ago, I wrote a thing uh, where I, I adopted a, a college football team because I, I just had no taste of that, and I kind of wanted in on the, the fun. Um, and I'm just thinking about, like, the comparison. If um, I mean, St. John's is kind of the big school here for basketball, but that kind of fell by the wayside in, in recent years. Um but like, if I don't know, NYU had a had a basketball program that was going to the Final Four. Like, would that be the equivalent? I don't know. It just seems like, maybe like you know, you Fordham. you can adopt them. You know, yeah. you can adopt a team. Yeah. So, maybe, what's your take? Maybe a school like Fordham. Uh, is Seton Hall in New York or New Jersey? It's in New Jersey. Yeah. Then yeah, so something because I mean it's because the St. John's comparison is fairly apt since really in Chicago that program is DePaul. Hmm. DePaul. And our, DePaul. Are DePaul people jumping on the on the bandwagon? You know, I haven't heard as much from DePaul people talking about. It. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's a it's a little it's a little different for them. Um, but even them, they're in the Big East. Not you know, they're that's not a mid major. You know, like Movit, like the Missouri Valley Conference is. So it's you know, it's still even a little different. So I think I think there's a lot of jealousy right now out of DePaul people. <laughs> Because I think they've always thought they had to act like the big powers to compete with the big powers. And now they're seeing Loyola has stayed true to Loyola, 
but has also gotten to the final four with some place DePaul hasn't been, I think since the eighties. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's just an, a really interesting dynamic. Um, and, and the other thing about this team is that they're comprised of a lot of Chicagoans. There's two Chicago public school graduates on this team, Dante. Oh, wow. And I'm forgetting the other kid's name, but he went to uh, Whitney young. They have, so like they are truly, and then there are kids from the suburbs. There are kids from, I mean, they're, they really are a Chicago team, and I think that's another reason why people are getting behind them. And what's, what's the city like? I don't know. Have you, have you, did you uh, go to the school to cover, like, the fan reaction? Did you go to a bar? Like, have, how have you sort of watched and or covered it? Uh, on Saturday, I went to the school and watched the game um, with the student, with, like, the student center um, at the David Student Center. And it was the most fun thing. Uh, I, I just had a blast. Um, and, and the funny thing is, is like, I wasn't participating in it because I was, you know, there as a journalist, but just seeing all these students and, and the Loyola is a fair, is a really diverse campus. They just, you just see the entire world walking through their, their walking around their campus. And, they all came together and all were super excited. And, and that's just the way, like, seeing them all come together, it was just so much fun. Um, I had planned to go to a bar, to one of the bigger bars uh, near Loyalist campus, but there was a huge line to get in. And so I said, you know, let me go do, let me go do it soberly with the sober student. <laughs> uh, and it was, it was a lot of fun. I mean, yeah, bars have been, bars have been having specials. The Chick-fil-A that is on, Loyola is because Loyola has two campuses, one downtown, one um, in my neighborhood uh, at Rogers Park slash Edgewater. Um, but the downtown campus Chick-fil-A, if you go there and say Sister Jean today, you get a free chicken sandwich. Like, no way. Yeah, there's like all these things like that happening that that are really fun. You do realize that I'm about to race away from from taping this podcast and post that on For the Win because I feel like that is like doing a service to chicago right now oh yeah yeah actually i forgot to put it in slack sorry i should have mentioned it oh there you go yeah no that's hey this is that's this is the the great thing about uh doing something like this live is hey we just came for the story day now you see how the sausage is made everybody <laughs> um but uh one thing i wanted to know is how how big is loyola uh as far as student body um it's i think it's eleven and a half thousand. it's like eleven six hundred for undergrads okay. and then like five thousand graduate students so it's not huge, but that's that's pretty sizable. Um, I'm just wondering because I, I went to Butler to cover the their their student body during their their run to the finals. Uh, I want to say in 20, was it 2010 2011? Yeah, against Duke, and being on that campus was just like a trip because you you sort of realize how much this means to a school. Like that, you know, I was in Indianapolis to cover the women's final four that year, and I, my editor was like, "Uh, yeah, Butler's in the final four. Like, get out there!" And so I went into their old gym, um, which I think was where, if I'm not mistaken, where they filmed. Maybe they didn't film uh, Hoosiers. No, it's not the Hoosiers gym, but I think they filmed stuff there. Yeah. Um, And just like being there with all these students, and you sort of you don't know it. I think from being outside there, just. You're surrounded by all these people who are just like, I can't believe this is happening to my school that I never thought this happened. Do you feel like that's the same sort of vibe you're getting from Loyola students? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they are super excited and into it, but also 
I, I asked a bunch of them on Saturday, when you chose Loyola, were you thinking about basketball at all? And they all like, laughed at me. Like, no, not at all. You know, they chose it because it's an urban campus on the lake, because of the Jesuit values, because of whatever program they wanted to go into. But none of them were like, oh, and because obviously we're going to go to the Final Four. Whereas like when I chose, uh, when I chose a, a college, it was important to me to have, to go to a big state school because I wanted, even if Missouri wasn't very good in football, I wanted them at that time. I still wanted that experience of like football Saturdays and like big games for basketball and things like that. That was important to me. They didn't think about that. Yeah. Same here. I mean, I went to a small school, a small liberal arts school right down the road, ironically, from Villanova um, because I was like, you know what? Like, I don't need that experience. But I, I, funny enough, years later at For the Win, I was like, I never got that experience. That's so cool. Yeah. And just to experience it from this point of view just must be so surreal. And they've got a shot. Like, that's the thing about this team. I, I want to get to the team in a second. I, but we've gotten uh, nine minutes into this podcast without talking about Sister Jean, which is uh, just an abomination. <laughs> Give me, you know, you hung out with Sister Jean's friends. Um, what, like, what's the story with with her? And and did first of all, I want to also know: was Sister Jean known to everybody before the final, before they're they're running the tournament this year? Like, was Sister Jean like I don't know a big Loyola person to Chicagoans? She was known, I think, to Loyola people, and that's why I knew who she was because of going to school, going to grad school there. Um, but she wasn't like. Chicago wide known. It, it wasn't like she was like a celebrity around Chicago. Um, but I think what my very favorite thing about Sister Jean is, is like as a Catholic who went to Catholic school, who has, who has been taught by nuns, who is friends with nuns, like nuns mean a lot to me. And that she is showing like how she can be true to her ministry and true to her faith while also supporting all of these students is just, it's just really cool. It's just really cool to see like, and, and all of her fellow sisters and she's of the sisters of the charity of the blessed Virgin Mary. Um, and so they're, they're called BVMs. All the past, all the fellow BVMs are so excited for her because she is, she is furthering their mission while also, you know, becoming a little bit of a star and raising a lot of money for Loyola and doing all these wonderful things. So, I, I mean, it's, it's really just, it's so cool. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, we're going to talk more about Sister Jean in a second. We're going to just get a word from our sponsors with, uh, uh, you know, my, one of my favorite ads to read because it's filled with, as you know, Maggie, uh, lots of dad jokes. So uh, yeah. let's keep the ball rolling, shall we? Everyone knows how important stretching is before an event. So does Mattress Firm, except it's your dollar. Your budget stretches further when you're shopping at America's Neighborhood Mattress Store. It's a true home run, and you'll have a ball. They're the head coaches when it comes to mattress expertise. But know this, they are more than mattress experts. They have a game plan that helps you transform your mattress into a bed. From adjustable bases and sheets to headboards and bedroom decor, they have you literally and figuratively covered up like your favorite cornerback. Go to mattressfirm.com slash podcast to see what deals are happening. They even offer you a 120-night sleep trial to ensure perfection and a 120-night low-price guarantee so you know you paid the perfect price. Talk about a one-two punch, a knockout, if you will. Score big with a perfect bed. Head to mattressfirm.com slash podcast to get the play-by-play on how you can monumentally improve your sleep today, tonight, and tomorrow. All right. 
Maggie Hendricks is with us uh, talking about uh, Loyola. She, she lives in Chicago, Chicago native, um, and has covered Sister Jean and Sister Jean's uh, sisters, I guess you'd call them. Um, what was that like for you to, to kind of uh, hang out with them? And what, what did you learn? Uh, you know, tell me about that. Um, it was probably one of the most fun assignments I've ever had in my life. Um, I, it's funny, I was talking with Chris Corman like the day before the game of like, what's the most interesting way to cover it? Because we knew on Saturday that if they made it to the Elite Eight, I was going to do it from the Student Center or from Loyola's campus. But we wanted to do something a little different a couple days before. And so then it just hit me like, well, why don't I go try to hang out with her sisters? And it, it ended up working out so well. And they were just, I had a, a just a blast with them. Um, they like they knew basketball a little bit better than I expected them to, and uh, but then there were other things that they were like asking me questions on, and um, I I mean I, I baked them cookies, so I brought them cookies, so that always makes me very popular. Um, but we just we just had a great time talking the entire game about about basketball, about Loyola, about Sister Jean, about. Um, you know, their lives as nuns, cause they're all retired, but, um, they, you know, like how they have, they have served as nuns and it was just, it was really fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and, and by the way, everyone should know Maggie bakes the best cookies. Um, she, she, I've eaten, uh, the pretzel and, and peanut butter one, I want to say, or is pretzel and, and chocolate chip. It's an unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. They're good. <laughs> Uh, what did you learn, though, from them about Sister Jean that everybody – and by the way, everyone you know, uh, should go click on it. Uh, but what did you learn about, about Sister Jean that the world didn't know or doesn't know? Well, um, just that her love for the students of Loyola, not just the basketball team, but all of the students of Loyola is so strong. And that she – I mean, up until she injured her hip, she was living um, – in a top floor apartment on in a, in a residence hall. And now she's living in a ground floor apartment in a different residence hall. But she just, and she leads prayer groups for her residence hall. And she tells every student, she remembers every student and remembers their name and their story. And she's 98. Yeah. She's still, what uh, Sister Peggy Garrity said to me is that she makes every single student feel like they're her favorite. And that's that's a pretty special gift, and so for her to to be able to sh- for the world to get to see that gift now is pretty cool. It's incredible to see, and especially for a ninety eight year old. I, just every time I see her in that wheelchair, I keep thinking, what a what a toll it must be taking on her to keep you know sitting in front of the cameras and sitting in front of interviewers, and to be you know the focus of so much energy, like. Man, like, I, you know, I would need, you know, weeks to recuperate, but she just seems to have the strength and this this ease of, of mind yeah. that she's able to just do the interviews, every interview, you know, yeah. she you know, does not care, uh, to support the students and to scout basketball for them, which is the other really great part of it, right? I love that. I love that she takes the time, first of all, that she is a 98-year-old woman who knows how to do email. When she was born, <laughs> women did not have the right to vote. That's so true. Sending out emails. Like, it's amazing. But that she sends out, like, that she likes the students and cares about the players so much that she sends each of them an email about things that they could do well or couldn't do well, like, or that they could do better. Like, just, it's just really a, a remarkable, she's a remarkable woman in being able to do that. And 
my only my only concern with her becoming such a big story was that she would become a mascot, and I I didn't want that. I didn't want her to be reduced to just like oh she's a cute nun, and they're all mm-hmm. way like she's really a special person. And uh, actually, the Loyola Phoenix, the student paper, one of them wrote an editorial. One of the students wrote an editorial uh, pushing for her her canonization. So. You know. <laughs> I was wondering when that was going to happen, actually, but it's like, well, easy there. Like, you know, you we got a few, you know, uh, you know, years to go. I guess. Can you be canonized if you're still around? No. You, oh, okay. Then that's got to be. I I want to say it's twenty or like ten or twenty years dead. So yeah. So we've got some time. I don't, and I, that's a good point that you make about her being reduced to a mascot. I don't see that at all. I think that she really is a, as much of a part of this team as the players and the coaches are. Um, and she's being portrayed that way. So it feels accurate. And do, do you feel that way? Yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, that the players clearly love her so much, I think, is one of the reasons why they why she's not being reduced to a mascot. Because if if they didn't if they just like rolled their eyes at this old nun and, and didn't really care and like and like maybe like said hi to her after the game, then that would be that would be like it wouldn't be that important. She wouldn't be that much, but because the players clearly love her so much, because Porter Moser, you know, you he, you can't really underestimate his role in that too. Is that he also he didn't come into Loyola and roll his eyes at like, oh great, yeah, now this is something I have to deal with. No, he looked and saw her as an asset and made sure, and then the players bought into that too. So like. I think the relationship of the players, the coaches, and Sister Jean all together is what has made it special for all of them. That's that's really insightful, and I, that, that's why I was I was excited to talk to you because you you know you've, you've got that inside look um, at, a, at I think at a, a college and at a uh, a team that is about to go one more time to the national spotlight, and you know uh, they have so many stories to tell, uh, and and. Frankly, like given what I've seen out of their defense and their depth and their sort of drive and coaching, they've been very well coached. Like, do you you do you think this this could go all the way? You think they could beat um, uh, Michigan and maybe uh, like a Villanova or Kansas? I I really do, um, and I'm not just saying that because if they do, then I will beat you in the uh, in the pool. <laughs> but uh, but honestly, like I. The way that they play, the way they move the ball around, the way that there has been a different scoring leader in every game. So, like, they have so many different players who can step up. So, every all four tournament games, right, four or five, four, um, they have had a different scoring leader. Like, that to me says a lot about a team and about how many different people can, like, because if Clayton Custer's having a bad night, that Dante Ingram can take it over. Like, there's so many different players who can step up and make it good. So, yeah, I really think, I really think that they can. I beating, I think beating Michigan is is doable, and and I I think that's that will happen. Knock on wood. Um, hmm. Villanova, Kansas is a, is a tough is a tough 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 thing to do, but. I don't know. I, you know what? They're here. They're in the Final Four. And I really think any team in the Final Four has a completely legitimate shot of winning it all. So, if I, you know, why not? Why not Loyola? 
I totally agree with you in terms of the why not, and I think that's the attitude they have, which is great. It's like, hey, we're here, let's go for it. Um, uh, I just hope that you're not on campus the way that I was uh, on Butler's campus when they, you know, that that shot didn't fall against Duke. Um, I, I, that was the only, t- one of the only times I want to say in my life that I've done like reporting where. I've never wanted to knock on anybody's door and say, like, how do you feel about this arrest? You know, like, like kind of that kind of reporting. That's why the sports. <laughs> yeah, right. I, so that was like me, you know, shuffling up to people saying, um, I know this is hard for you, but how do you feel? And they were just so devastated. I, you know, they were so, so close and that close. It was just uh, horrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, w- quick, what's your, your Twitter handle? Maggie Hendricks. Maggie Hendricks, you can check out all of her stuff on Twitter and on For the Win and on USA Today Sports. Stick with her because Maggie's going to be covering uh, uh, Loyola and Sister Jean and all of that uh, uh, from uh, Chicago. And, uh, you know, really, thanks for stopping by and thanks for giving us all these insights. And good luck uh, uh, with Loyola this, this weekend. Thanks, man. I appreciate it.